Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly. I love that. How good is that? Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. This is your 2020 Masters Mega Pod, equipped with the new intro that we just debuted one day ago. Absolutely awesome. Joining me to break it all down, you know the crew is here. Greg Ducharme is here. What up, Greg? Oh man, this is a good one. I'm excited. We haven't been we haven't been four wide in a little while. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. And we got Kyle who's been a little cooped up. Mark's a little cooped up. We're letting him out of the cage tonight. That's right. We got we got two gentlemen on the scene. Mark, uh, Mark Immelman is here. I will let the 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 viewing audience, the listening audience know before we went hot, Mark, we tested you on all the names of all the holes at Augusta National, and I'm happy to report. You did a very good job. You got like 16 out of 18, out way of 18. more than I thought. Yeah, I got 16 out of 18, but you would hope that someone calling the show the show, and the event would get that sort of stuff right. Now, uh, look, the truth of it is you guys know that this event is obviously special and it's very special to my family and to me. And and you know my affinity for Bob Jones. Yeah, there's the reference early. Uh, in it one, yeah. And you know it was coming. So everything about this place to me is it's sort of heavenly. Yeah, there's a spiritual element about it, and uh, and that's why I'm wearing green, and that's why I know this sort of stuff. So uh, it's good to be with you guys. And rounding out the team is Kyle Porter, who, Kyle, I heard that you drank all of Mark's wine last night. Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It sounds like it's true. So, so Mark does this thing where he invites <laughs> me to come to dinner or come – drink wine, and then he accuses me of imbibing all of the wine, which is uh, neither true nor something I would do. Now, do we have a great two-hour conversation, hangout time? For sure. Mm -hmm. I did not drink all of his wine. Three-quarters of it, then. (laughs) (laughs) This will be the next debate. It'll be how much wine did – did Kyle drink and will JT get to 25 in the next decade? <laughs> That'll be the next great debate. A couple of housekeeping items at the top. We're live on YouTube right now. Hello, YouTube. Um, drop any questions, comments in the chat. I'll get to them if they're pertinent. Uh, we'll bring them to the team. Also, we'll have a mailbag episode coming up. So drop any questions that you have into a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes on, on the podcast reviews. We'll get to those. Mark and Kyle are on the scene. Ask them questions about the course. Ask them questions about how beefy Bryson looks, all that good stuff. Also, giving away a 55-inch television. More details to come on that later in the show. You don't want to miss that. And if that wasn't good enough, guys, $5,000 up top for the props game. The golf props are back. CBSSports.com slash golf props for your chance to win that $5,000 by answering just 10 questions. We will cover that later in the show and we'll give you one of the prop questions that we will discuss. Gentlemen, it's Masters Week. 
We've made it. We've gotten here. It's time for the storylines. And Greg, I'm going to start with the storyline that you've brought us, which is Brooks Kepka. You and I were in a bit of a heated debate uh, before we went hot here about uh, the shape of Brooks Kepka's game. We know that he flips switches around ma- uh, major season. So what is it about Brooks that makes it your favorite storyline to watch? Well, uh, he in a way is somewhat um, forgotten this week. And it's for good reason, because he hasn't really been a part of this this season. He hasn't really been a part of 2020, other than um, other than Memphis, which happened to be the week before the PGA Championship. He was a part of that story all the way until uh, until until Sunday. He was within two of the lead on Sunday at the PGA Championship, and he, it's it's almost out of nowhere. And then here we are again, and he goes to Houston after taking some time off and rehabbing the knee, which. From what I hear, and I, it, this is not from Brooks. This is from uh, a doctor who is very uh, a, a doc, Dr. R. Sapaya, and he is close with uh, one of Brooks's doctors, and he says the knee is, is really strong. It's in really good shape. So I believe that his health is in really good form. Um, and so when you put all that together, now you got to look at what he's done in major championships of late, and it's a it's a ridiculous record. It really is. And his last eleven major championship starts he has first of all won four times and he's coming second two additional times so now you're talking about a guy who's more than half the time in first or second place in a major championship um and then he has eight top tens on top of that so this is um it's been an incredible run of for him in major championships and i think when he gets to a place where he plays well the week before. In fact, just when he plays the week before, he tends to do really well the next week. So it was important for him to go to Houston. It was important for him to, um, very important for him to play well. And also, he answered another really big question for me, which was the putter. And when you look at a guy last year who gave this tournament away, um, not not only on hole number 12, but he also three-putted five times. He, he should have won the Masters last year. and And he didn't because of, the putting and one error on, on hole number 12, as I said. So now last week he had a great putting week. He was second in the field strokes game putting. And, um, and, and I trust his iron game when he gets into big tournaments like this, he plays really well with the irons uh, and he drives it really well. He drives it plenty far as we all know. So the big question is how's his putter and his putter after last week is really good. I'm getting a lot of head nodding from Kyle in this. And Kyle actually, you know, he mentioned this on, I think it was Sunday night with me, how Brooksy tends to foreshadow these victories with the top 10 leading into it. So Kyle, I'll throw this over to you, but also here's a great thing. I didn't even realize this year's felt so strange. Currently ranked number 12 in the world is Brooks Kepka. He started the year as the number one player in the world. It feels like we're light years away from that. Yeah, he ended the last two years as the number one player in the world, which is pretty crazy. I was actually head nodding that he should have won last year. I don't, um, I, I don't think he's going to play very well this week. In fact, I'm going to pick him to not win, which we'll get to. Uh, well, well, I guess we're not doing that. I wrote about this. We had to pick one star not to win, and he was my pick, which I picked Bryson for the U.S. Open, so you know how that goes. Uh, <laughs> I don't, like, his... his his body of work from T to green, I, I, I agree with where Greg is coming from about uh, the, the start before, because we looked this up on Sunday, Greg, and I think eight of his 14 wins worldwide, the start before he's finished in the top 10. 
And so he, he definitely like has a tell for when he's going to play great. I just, it feels a little like the PGA where it's kind of duct tape and bailing wire to me. Not, not that he won't be in it. I just don't think he's kind of firing on, on all cylinders to beat some of the guys that actually are. Uh, Mark, I want to throw this to you on Brooks Kepka, but first we have a question from the chat. It's from Foro. I'm not sure if you're out on the course. Foro wants to know if you caught a glimpse of John Rahm's ace today. Were you out on the course today? Uh, no, uh, we both Kyle and I were waiting uh, COVID results. Uh, in fact, one of us is still waiting for his COVID result, and that's not me. Um, <laughs> so no, I'll be out on the course tomorrow. But I was watching the coverage the entire day, and you know we get we got some feeds yet to see what was going on. So I saw the the, the skipping ace on sixteen on his birthday, and then I saw the ace on four yesterday, the day before. I mean. So I, I want to catch up with John Rahm tomorrow and ask him if he's got the numbers for the lottery because clearly, clearly there's something on the go right now. Things going certainly in his direction. Um, let's let's talk about Brooks. And I think the thing that everybody wants to um, just just back Brooks with is his ability to flip this switch, right? It's it's flip the switch for, for major season. I've kind of always been like, I don't think that's a real thing. His, his major resume might disagree with me, but it, are these guys able to flip switches like that? Um, you know, they are to a point, um, you know, and, and it's, it's to, to, and Greg was making a very good point about the putting because they flipped the switch on conversion. You know, Brooks seemed to drive the ball very well last week. And I was on the call down there in Houston and we had him for four days in feature groups coverage. And, and the thing that jumped out to me was just the changing from the new driver he'd been experimenting with for the first two rounds to the old driver over the weekend. I mean, the guy couldn't miss. And when he puts the ball in play long off the tee, he can play some offense. But it's one thing to hit irons close. It's another thing to make putts. And in the final round there, he got busy in a big way early. And he looked like the dominant Brooks we've seen in major championships. He got the bit between the teeth. He, he got that look in the eye. And then all of a sudden, and the thing about Brooks, we all know him as a guy that could close. And he got on this run, and all of a sudden, he was just like one back or two back going into his uh, back nine. And then just hit the brakes and dropped the anchor and sort of stalled his way to the, the final, through the final nine holes and then chipped in on the last for whatever it was, fourth or fifth or whatever yeah. the place was. So in terms of turning it on, I, I think they, they, they start making putts and then they gain some momentum. And because they believe in themselves implicitly, when they're in major championships, to use Brooks' term, they're like, well, in this event, at this course, there's 20 guys that can beat me. So if I'm making putts, I'm lacking my chances. And so they start to build on that sort of a thing. But as far as Brooks goes, um, the health looks good. And, and that was my concern because this golf course is such a difficult walk. And it's going to be long and it's going to be soft. That makes it even harder. So he looks well. He looks healthy. So as far as I'm concerned, I, I think he carries on the form that he showed us last week in Houston. All right, we will see. This will be his fifth master start. Of course, he missed 2018 with that wrist injury. But now, gentlemen, the moment that we've all been waiting for, Bryson DeChambeau. I'm not sure if you guys have heard. He's hitting the ball a little bit further. He's added a couple of pounds. It's kind of a big deal coming into this. Kyle, we'll start with you. Uh, we we spent the last four weeks and then four months kind of describing what Bryson could do at Augusta National. Now we are actually starting to see what he's doing because he's playing some practice rounds and we're hearing some things. So give me a, a status update 
on how you think this experiment, I don't know if we should call it that, is going so far now that he's got boots on the ground? I think it's going exactly like he told, (laughs) right? So he said, said, this was a quote in his press conference today, he said, I'm hitting it farther than I was at Shriners. And at Shriners, I was hitting it farther than I was at the U.S. Open. And that's just... And real quick before we get into the Bryson thing, I, I do want to say this, and I tweeted it out. And uh, I was talking about maybe Mark and I were talking about this last night. Uh, he deserves so much credit for taking the risk of doing some of this stuff when he was already a top whatever fifteen guy in the world. Or maybe you and I talked about this, Rick. Yeah. Did we talk about this? Yeah, it was you and I, I think. And, and I and and he he spoke about it a little on Tuesday, and I thought I thought he spoke very well about it just about how like look like I'm, I'm just trying to get better every day and I think that of course everybody is but he's willing to do some stuff and take some risks that other guys are not and I think that that is I think that's very commendable it's easy to make fun of when he starts talking about dynamic load and you know all these stupid things uh but I think it's I think it's very very commendable and I think it's working I mean you hear Tiger talk about Tiger said something today, like he's doing things and Tiger played with him. He's doing things that have never been done before. And Phil talks about how he thinks he's going to win maybe multiple times here. And so I just, you know, and this is what Mark and I were discussing. It's still like the overwhelming odds are that he's not going to win the masters this year. And yet he's given himself, he's putting himself in such a position to where he just has to be kind of okay with his wedges and with his putter. He doesn't have to be that great. He just has to be above average or, 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 or good, you know. Um, and then he starts talking about how par is 67 for him. There, <laughs> there, 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 there's like two things going on. One, I'm like, man, this guy has a plan. He's executing it. And the other, I'm like, okay, just d- don't, don't say some of this stuff. So I, I remain fascinated. I think that what he's doing is working. I think it's going to work this week. That doesn't mean he's going to win, but I think the plan of hitting it 350, 360 off the tee and taking some of the angles that you can take on 13, on 18, uh, on some of these holes, I think it's I think it's going to work. Yeah, building on that, I mean, it was on this podcast that a few of us had some fun with him in Memphis when he was lobbying for a a free drop from an ant pile where there was like one ant. And now all of a sudden folks are like, whoa, this guy's kind of good. And, and the whole way through this all, I have had the, nothing but the utmost of admiration for this guy because he's remained true to what he's done. And he's done this despite all manner of criticism. Because remember, when an individual steps out and does something that's beyond the norm or outside of the comfort zone, if you will, you know, the human nature is to start to break the guy down. And we've seen this, and we've seen this a whole bunch over the last little while, but Bryson remained true to this. And all of a sudden, Kyle said it right. In Phil Mickelson's press conference, Phil goes, Bryson is great for the game of golf. And I respect him because he's doing everything in his power to maximize what he's got. And he's done so. But the the thing that I want to point out with Bryson because everyone's talking about, okay, where's he going to drive it and what clubs is he going to have to the greens on this place? Now, probability says that if you drive it long, you will have the leg up on the competition. That is a given. No one can argue that fact. But the truth of it all is, like a Justin Thomas, like a Dustin Johnson, you have to turn that length into a score. 
because that's what it's all about. So that means you had quality irons, especially around this place in Augusta National, which to me still is a second shot golf course for the way these green complexes are set up and where they put some of these hole locations. You have to hit the irons well, but if you drive the ball, you do give yourself the advantage. Think of previous champions like you know Woods, Nicholas, VJ, Phil. They're all long drivers of the golf ball. Bob Jones back in the day, there's two, Kyle. Um, so, although you never won here. Um, so, driving it well and long is one thing, but Bryson is looking through these numbers. Check this out. From 50 to 125 yards, he averages 19 feet. That's 160th on the PGA Tour. From 150 to 175, and he's going to see this sort of number, he's 116th on the tour, averaging 25 and a half feet. There's a number of little plateaus here around this place that you don't have that window to hit into. So does he, should he be the favorite? Yes, probably. He's won a major championship. Is he going to win to Long Carl's Point? Well, he's going to have to hit his irons properly if he wants to win. Just bludgeoning the thing down there and playing from there is not a recipe to scoring low and winning a green jacket, I can promise you. There's a couple of questions in the chat about whether Greg, Risk Nerd, Chris bring up the fact that there could be some mud balls. I think I think we've chatted about whether and potentially the length of Augusta National really benefiting one Bryson DeChambeau. I do think the weather benefits long hitters. Uh, and a couple of reasons. As Mark was mentioning, the iron play, if you, if you consider that to be a weakness in Bryson's game, which I would say it's the weakness in his game, um, well, it's, it's mitigated. The effect of that is mitigated because where uh, many players are coming in from outside of those, uh, those things that Mark was just talking about, those proximity yardage windows, when, when you're ahead of window, the rank almost goes away. The, where Bryson ranks from 50 to 125 um, or from 150 to 175 means less for him because when he's 150 to 175, sometimes it's a, it's a par five, right? He's experiencing those uh, proximity windows from different uh, on different holes as everybody else. So I think the, I think that gets skewed a little bit. Um, and then, so this goes into the next point and the question, when you're dealing with softer greens, you, you have the ability to get away with a little bit more. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get away with a lot and it, I'm not saying the greens are going to be really soft. I'm just softer conditions will make the greens bigger. Even at Augusta national, it happens everywhere. So I believe that Bryson has a slight advantage and the key for him is not going to be to take advantage of these par fours. He doesn't have to be great in the 125 window. He has to hit the green and he has to be great when he gets onto the par fives, when he gets onto holes like hole number three. And, um, and if he can make a couple putts on other holes, those will be an advantage. It'll be a bonus, but there are very specific holes where he has to be great. And the other holes, he just has to be, uh, he has to be pretty good. I would say. I agree with Greg that he, like, it's easier to hit it to 19 feet from 150 or whatever that was than it is from, like, 210. But I also think it's, and this is, this might be a little nerdy, and I might be wrong about this, Rick, but I think it's hard to, when you're that far out there, it gets a little harder to to gain strokes for somebody like Bryson from, like, 130 and in than it does from distance. He's so good at hitting the ball such a long way and picking up strokes that way. But you have to be pretty precise to pick up strokes from like 130, 140 and in, um, unless you're putting it really well. So I agree with Mark. Like, they don't hand out a green jacket to the long drive champion, right? Like, he, he's still like – and I actually think this is more of a 
putting conversation than it is a wedge conversation. I think it's really going to come down and we've talked about like the green reading books and all that stuff. I think it's going to come down to, you know, how many 12 footers does he hit? Does he say par from 20 feet? That that's the kind of thing that I'm actually more interested in than probably the iron and, and wedge putt. Um, true. And Greg, you bring up a very good point, but I want to pitch this to you guys as a group. Most talented player of our generation is Rory. Rory. Tiger Woods. Woods. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Our generation. You're a little older than I am. I don't know. (laughs) The millennial golfer of the the golfer of the millennium, Tiger Woods. We can agree on this, right? Yeah. How many many Masters has he won? Five. How many Masters has he played in? More than five. 19 or 20. How many, how many of those masters when he was dominant, was he driving it way past the competition? A bunch of them, trust me, I saw. So again, this is just to prove that the, the prodigious talent of a Tiger Woods didn't just mean because he drove it past everyone, he was going to win. Iron, Tiger's game was built on hitting quality iron shots, even though he was the, the longest. Now, as Bryson stacked the odds in his favor, Absolutely, I'm not conceding that. I'm just saying that, yes, it's easier to hit a wedge closer than a six iron, but if he's a little off with those wedges and you hit a few jets and stuff like that, it's it's open season. Anyone can win this thing. I mean, Bry- Bryson's changed his odds from like 6% to 8% or something. It's still, like which 90, is huge. 92, well, it is huge, yeah. it, which is the point, but 92% of the time he's still going to lose or, or whatever the number is. So yeah. I, I just <clears> – <throat> And I want to get ahead of this. And we talked about this, Rick. Everybody's going to say, see, it's not going to work. And it's like, that's one tournament, four rounds is not the point. The point is the next five years. Mm-hmm. How many extra tournaments does he pick up over the next yeah, good point. six years, eight years? That That's the point of this whole thing. Yeah. Right. And also one, um, um, one, one other thing on that. He didn't have a top 10 until the PGA this year. And he goes on in a, in a major championship. He goes on this uh, this mission, and all of a sudden, his first two major championships are T four and a win. I would say it's already it already has worked. And this tournament doesn't determine whether his journey is a success or not. It's already a success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and just quickly to that major championship, comparing Wingfoot and the U.S. Open to Augusta and the Masters is like comparing apples and oranges. He had the definite advantage there because of the strength to get the ball out of that heavy rough. And if you're coming out there with a wedge, it's easy to elevate the thing and you can stop them on those greens. This place over here, the second cut is uh, two and a half inches, two, but not even uh, an inch and a half or something. And everyone can hit the ball on the green from there because Bob Jones, three, wanted you to be able to play angles to greens and still not make the driver what it was all about. He believed in quality irons and putting. This is a record for Bobby Jones references 22 minutes into an episode, but it's, it's well warranted. This is the megapod for the masters. It's warranted. Uh, we're going to spend plenty of time talking about Bryson. I want to move on to one more storyline very quickly here, because this is the one that I think is kind of the big deal. Greg, I'll start with you on this. It's Rory McIlroy. It's the career grand slam. I mean, whatever Bryson does this week, whatever anyone does this week is going to be a weekly or a yearly accomplishment. What Rory's trying to do is, is, complete a career accomplishment be one of only six golfers to ever do it and it it, to me it's just i don't know i know he's got multiple cracks at this if he doesn't win this year he's gonna have more cracks at it so maybe that lessens it a little bit but this is such a big deal i think a couple things really benefit rory one well this this one may go either way he hasn't been the story 
where, uh, you know, if, if, if everything went the way that it was supposed to go, if everything went the way that we planned back in January, when we all first got together and we thought, well, okay, we're going to have a masters in April. Well, Rory at that time would have been a, a heads on favorite. He was playing great golf. And then there was the, the shutdown and it was a slow restart for him. And the performance wasn't really all that great, but it's starting to resurface. And you're starting to see it I mean, t- tied eighth at the U.S. Open, a couple of other nice finishes after that. Things are getting a little better. And the difference this year may be the thing that uh, puts him over the edge. We, he's also a father now. There are many storylines that kind of could gel. Okay, it took, it took a November Masters for this to be just different enough for Rory to – uh, to cross the finish line. Now, since his, since he's had a chance to complete the career grand slam, he's got two top fives, one in 2018 that he really should have won that tournament. He let it get away on Sunday after a short missed putt on hole number two. Um, and, and there've been some really nice starts after this. So it's a golf course that really suits him well. And he has the firepower to almost keep up with Bryson. I mean, he's not going to keep up with him distance wise, but he's one of those guys that doesn't lose out entirely. He can still take apart this golf course with uh, quality shots. So I I like Rory's chances and it's a fascinating storyline. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch. So KP, when Tiger Woods completed his career grand slam as the 2000 open championship, that was 20 years ago when Jack Nicholas, these are the last two to do it completed his career grand slam 1966 open championship. We're trying to do something that is, that would be the third time it's happened in the last 54 years. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it's very exciting. And it's, it's fun to think about it happening, especially for somebody like Rory, everybody enjoys him. And, and, um, he's the most talented player of our generation too. (laughs) (laughs) The hour thing threw me off. Uh, (laughs) everybody enjoys watching him play. Everybody enjoys watching him talk. I think it would be really intriguing. I think there's a couple of different things that are kind of working against each other here. One, uh, he actually out and Rick and I were texting about this today. He, he gained more strokes off the tee than Bryson did at Wingfoot. Don't and, tell people that's what we text about. Well, <laughs> that or gaming chairs. So I don't know what's, I don't know what's better. You see, that, that, that's where that argument falls in its face because he gained more strokes than Brasson off the tee. Brasson's the dude holding the heaven, or whatever that trophy's name is. No, that's, that, that, that's what you lose me with that argument, that guy. Why? Because Brasson won the tournament, even though Rory gained strokes more, more strokes than him off the tee. Well, but, but here's my point. My point is that Rory's not hitting his irons very well. If you, if you, okay. look, if you look at his last uh, three months... He, he's, he's hitting his irons at like a top, I don't know, 50 level, which for him is bad. I mean, it's, it's still really good, like compared to the rest of the world, but for him, it's not very good. And that gives me some pause about this week. And then, you know, the other thing is like, I was watching the 04 masters that was on golf channel right before we came on and Ernie Els didn't win the masters. Greg Norman didn't win the match. Like it, it just, it, it, sometimes it just doesn't happen, you know, and it, the, the longer it goes, the more you think about it. Uh, I will say, I saw Xander was talking today about, um, he's like, Rory's like hitting it fast. Like he's swinging, like his swing speeds faster than it's been. And he's hitting it farther than he has been out of guess. I was like, well, that's, that's interesting. So there's a lot going on with Rory. I, I think he, I think Greg hit on it. I think he has been kind of an under the radar 
storyline coming into to the tournament this year. And, and, you know, maybe shoot 73 in round one, which is, I think, what he did last year, and it, it doesn't really materialize. But if it does, if he's leading on Friday night, all of a sudden nobody's talking about Bryson, nobody's talking about Tiger. It's, it's all Rory from there on out. All right, Mark, put a bow on this for us. Rory McIlroy, not only is he trying to win a major championship, but the mental hurdle to also try to complete the career Grand Slam. Well, Greg, you and I are singing off the same song sheet here because you and I both said that we feel like this is the storyline of the tournament. And if he doesn't do it this week, it'll probably be the storyline of the April Masters in 2021 because the career Grand Slam is just such a momentous achievement. Um, Just... You know, in, in revisiting a point that Kyle made and a point that Greg made too, before the lockdown, Rory was playing big, expansive golf courses and was the preeminent player. After the lockdown, when we come back, we go to places like Colonial, uh, our, the Hilton Head, Arbor Town. Um, then he goes and plays at a place like, I, I can't, the other slipped my mind, but then J- Zozo jumps to mind. We see all these little single file places. And to a certain extent, they're not courses that really jive with the way Rory plays the game. Now, Augusta National, he can play this place with his eyes closed. First time he played was in 2009. He actually was paired with my brother in the third round, and I remember it was the first time I saw him play. I was like, holy cow, this kid's good. <laughs> and so, so that's when he, he grabbed my attention. Now he's coming to a place where even if he plays badly, he's going to get in the top 10. I mean, his numbers around you are insane. He hasn't finished out in, outside the top 10 since 2014. So all he's got to do, now we're getting a wet golf course. This is like right up his alley now. And, <laughs> and, and now you just let a few go. You, you get a little mojo going on. Uh, he's flying under the radar to your point. Uh, golf is in its place because then he'll go home and he's Poppy's dad and, and Erica's husband. And there, there's no time to belabor your point. You know, if he's leading or if he's in contention Saturday night, trust me, he'll be, he'll be aware of this. But he's in a different place right now. And, and he's coming to a place where it fits Rory's game. He can set the ball out down the right center of all these holes and turn the thing from right to left. He, he can hit the thing as hard as he likes and get some shorter clubs in here. And if he hits his irons halfway decent and makes a few putts, which has really gone in the right direction during the return from the lockdown, because the iron striking numbers were not good. I mean, they were abysmal by his lofty standards, but the putting was really going in the right direction. So, so, so for me, I'm looking at this going, Oh, yeah, let's pause a little while because it's not like he's, his form is jumping off the page, but he's coming to a happy hunting ground. And what was the weakness in the game is now a strength in the putting. He's still got the driver. He drives great. And, you know, you've got a soft golf course. He'll hit the ball in the, fa- in the fairway a few times. It'd be somewhat receptive greens. You know, I think if anything's primed, it, it might be McElroy in November at Augusta National. Holding thumbs for that. I'd love to see it. Crossing my fingers. What do you got? <laughs> Crossing fingers, holding thumbs. That's right. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, big news. Golf Props is back, baby. You can win $5,000 by winning our Golf Props game for this week's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. I've already loaded the questions in. They're up there. Answer 10 questions. Win $5,000. Go online at cbssports.com slash golf props. A link is in the description, and you will need a CBS Sports account to play. You can can also find the game on the CBS Sports app. It's that easy. And gentlemen, I've got a question from the Golf Props game to discuss. It's very, very simple, yet very interesting. Greg, we'll start with you. What will the winning score be? Here are your options. Remember, there are options here. 10 under or worse. Then the next option is 11 or 12 under. 
then it's 13 or 14. So you get two each there. Or will the winning score be 15 under or better? Keep in mind, Greg, five of the last eight winning scores have been 10 under or worse. So for Bryson, it's par 67. But, <laughs> He's already uh, won. Then <laughs> Dustin Johnson came on and said it's par 72. So <laughs> it's uh, very... <laughs> Alexis, how would you throw it? At that par 67 number, it makes that 15 or better look really good. But um, I do think it'll it'll be in double... I'm going to say 13 or 14. I think a, a softer golf course sets up for a number like that, 13 or 14. KP, what number gets it done? Uh, I, I wrote today 17. I think 17 under is the number. I think that's uh, that's Jordan Spiethian. I told you, you drank me. All, it, I told you, you drank all my wine. <laughs> the, the, part of the reason is a soft golf course. By the way, DJ out mathing Bryson is not something I had on the air. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think 17 because it's soft, and it's also you know Spieth talked about this. There's we're catching up to Bobby Jones references there. Uh, he <laughs> talked about how the like, and maybe they cut it by Thursday, but this longer grass is stopping balls in places that they don't usually stop. So like on nine going up the hill, he said he left on short, big surprise on nine. And uh, it didn't usually roll like 30 yards back down the hill. And it didn't. Now, again, they might cut that by Thursday. It might, it might play completely differently, but I thought that was, Actually, they will cut it by Thursday. Well, but, but him even mentioning that I thought was interesting because it, it's not something that I feel like he would have mentioned if he, if that was normal for like a practice round. Mark, tell me why it won't be 17 under this week. <laughs> <laughs> the belief around here is yeah. that if you play well, you break 70. Hmm. And I've always believed that 469 is around Augusta National is good. And it always has been good. And if you ask any player, no matter what the conditions are, they will tell you the 12 under they'll be happy with because the, the Masters Club have the ability to control the golf course despite what Mother Nature is saying. And, and, and this golf course from Wednesday afternoon to Thursday morning, they flip the switch and this thing turns in, a, in the craziest of ways. So, so, so I'm going for the 11-12 number, I believe it is. All right, there you have it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tell you how to win a television. We're gonna do matchups, best bets, expert picks, all the good stuff on the other side. But first, we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Television giveaway. 55-inch smart TV is the prize, and here's what you need to do if you want a chance to win. This contest is completely free to enter. To win, go to cbssports.com slash giveaway. That link is in the description of this episode, and if you're watching on YouTube, as well as in the podcast description on all podcasting platforms. The contest opens Wednesday, so if you're with us in the YouTube chat, wait until midnight, hang tight, and ends November 23rd, so the winner will get to watch the next Masters, which, shockingly, only five months away, in crispy high def. Go get your entries in now, but for us, it's time for matchups, and we're just going to we're just gonna jump right into this. A couple of big boys, Bryson DeChambeau, minus 133 versus Justin Thomas at plus money, Greg, plus 105. It's still a second shot golf course, as we talk about. I'm taking the best iron player in the world uh, in Justin Thomas, and I'm taking the odds. I I like the number here. So maybe it's wishful thinking, but I'm going to go Thomas. 
The only golfer in the field since the restart to lead in two strokes gain categories is Justin Thomas. They are approached. They are around the green. I'll take JT. KP will take. Yeah, I'm going JT as well. <laughs> uh, I I think that, you know, I look back at Bryson at Memorial, which is, you know, it, it, that place is not Augusta National, but I think it's a decent facsimile. And he was bad with his wedges. He still, you know, he drove it pretty well, but I think there's a, I think there's a scenario in which Bryson doesn't hit his irons and wedges very well. And I, I, JT keeps getting better in every masters he plays. And I like him at the, at the plus number there. Mark, is this going to be a clean sweep against the beefy favorite to win? No, cause I just want to do the lone wolf sound. Oh, no, there it is. The, um, I am so on board with Justin Thomas. Yeah, he does continually get better. But after giving you all the numbers about Bryson and the iron game and all this sort of stuff, I just feel like he is, the, the mindset with Bryson DeChambeau is just so clear right now. And, and I think at times we get a little too locked up in just the physicality of the game. Golf is at its heartbeat, a game that's played between the ears. And, and, and right now I think he's as clear as anyone. And he understands what his mission is, so I'm going with Bryson this week. Hey, by the way, last night Mark and I got into an argument about whether uh, Spieth or JT is longer off the tee. <laughs> you did. Can you believe who, that argument? Who had what side of this? <laughs> yes, exactly. Go, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle had Spieth and Mark had JT? Yeah. Yeah, Mark wins. No, I'm not even close. Um, We're getting more and more evidence of the wine theft. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the numbers. I don't know. Uh, I, I like looking at the numbers. I don't think I need the numbers for this one. Uh, I'll look them up for you. You look them up. Get, okay. We'll, we'll go right back to Mark here on Dustin Johnson. Minus 150 over Brooks Kepka plus 120. So you can get a little, little odds on, on Brooks Kepka there, Mark, if you want it. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going Dustin. And just to say this, because for me, he was the talking point. I, I I'm with you on the, uh, uh, on the Rory McIlroy and the Grand Slam thing this week. But but Dustin Johnson, the world's number one golfer, is playing great. He's as consistent as ever. Um, he's coming in here off a fantastic finish last week after being off for, what, three weeks because of the COVID-19 virus. And he came back, and apart from being marginally rusty in round one in Houston, he, he, he gamed the thing out. He stayed in the game, and then from there, he accelerated. So he did something, and I've seen him do it here of late when he went on this winning terror that he's been on. You know, Dustin would always out-hit his competition. Dustin is beginning to also outwit his competition now, and he's showing a, a level of grind to the game that I've not seen out of him in a while. And, and this, to me, is the recipe for success. Like, Brooks is the ultimate grinder. But Dustin right now, the way he's playing, the consistency, and, and this newfound grinding gear that he's uh, added to the repertoire, I think Dustin Johnson should be the talk of this event. Um, I'm also going to back you up, Mark, with with the stats here. KP is fake news. So driving distance for last <laughs> season, Justin Thomas, 35th. Let me finish. Jordan Spieth, 55th. Then you go on all drives. Hold on. All drives. Justin Thomas was 13th. Jordan Spieth was 54th. I had some bad numbers. <laughs> yeah, some- bad numbers. You need a new bag man. Wow. Why didn't you just trust me week in and week out? I'm on the golf course watching these cats play. Because I'm not blind, okay? I don't trust your eyes more than I trust the numbers. <laughs> uh, KP, DJ or Brooks Kepka? 
I'm kind of reeling from this. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah, this is not a great look for you. This is the uh, Speethian thing going. I don't even know. What, what's, I'll take DJ. Whatever. Uh, okay, Brooks, fair enough. Brooks is dead. D, I'll also take DJ. He is just a man on a mission right now. Greg, I joked, I joked he was, he was definitely rusty last week. It lasted nine holes. He went out in three over and then shredded the golf course. Yes. Uh, so I, I love, I love DJ this week cause he is playing better than anybody else in the world. Um, but this is a major championship and I have an opportunity to be the lone wolf. I'm going to take Kepka here. I, I really like the improved putting. So I'm going to go Kepka. Ow, ow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Terrell Hatton, minus 110. Tony Finau, minus 110. Greg, I'm going to stay right here with you. I'm going to go Hatton here. I, I really like uh, Hatton's makeup. I think he's really hitting the irons well. You know I'm a big Tony Finau fan. But I just yeah. I have a feeling watching Tyrrell Hatton that he's ready to shine through in a major championship. He's proved it at some difficult setups in the past. Um, he's proved it on soft golf courses, on firm golf courses. I think the guy's just really good, a little underrated. And uh, I'm going to take Hatton. Hatton wins, a little wet, a little, little, little muddy. Might be uh, up Terrell Hatton's uh, alley there. Mark, Hatton or Finau? This is a coin flip for me. Um, if you had asked me this about 10 days ago, I would have been resounding Tony Finau. Um, after getting to getting eyes on Terrell for a few rounds last week, he was very impressive to me. Just the way he put rounds together, was playing from the fairway a bunch, hitting quality irons, and keeping his keeping the lid on his emotions, which is a big deal, especially around Augusta National. Um, but I think in the end, I'm just going to give Tony the nod because with the conditions the way they are forecast to be, I think power off the tee will will be a separator. KP, yeah, Ty Hatton, Fina. Hideki Matsuyama, minus 188 versus the longest driver on the face of the earth, Jordan Spieth at plus 150 KP. Who You have to take Spieth now. I'm going to exit this call. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Hideki Matsuyama has a better scoring average at Augusta National than Jack Nichols. Ooh. Yeah, it's a fun wow. Now, what happens if you take out like the last 20 times Jack played? Actually, his his number, Jack Nicholson. That's a good question. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't play as a ton because he was awesome. Like yeah. until like almost up until the end. Um, he beat Tiger in '98. <laughs> he he beat Tiger Woods in 1998. The year after after Tiger won it by 12. Uh, I'll go with Hideki. I will also go with Hideki. I mean, Greg, what do you what are we doing? Yeah, this is a sweep. It's the classic course history verse, which apparently is pretty good for Hideki, um, versus recent form. And Hideki was so good last week. I think he's going to continue that and uh, lean on that scoring average a little bit. Mark, make the uh, make the sweep official for us. Uh, it is official. Um, I mean, from when he showed up here as an amateur, whenever it felt like ages ago, and just turned heads then to now Augusta national sort of built for this guy and he's won at the Memorial. Kyle made the comparison between Augusta national and Muirfield village. Bedecki's won there. I think it's a matter of time, honestly, before Japan gets its green jacket. This one is pretty interesting. A couple of past champions, Patrick Reed, a heavy favorite at minus 175 over tiger woods plus 138. Mark Patrick Reed or tiger woods. <laughs> I'm going with Patrick Reed. Um, it's hard to pull against Tiger Woods at Augusta National, but I just I, I, I think Patrick Reed just has that edge about him, and um, 
and he's won here. He's proved that he can play the place. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Reed. Greg. This is, I'll, I'll give everybody a warning. This is not a great pick. Um, <laughs> it's a really bad pick, but I just have to do it. I'm, I'm, I, you don't, there are certain rules that you have to live by. Like you don't, you, you, you don't bet against Tiger Woods. You just, you can't do it in a matchup when he's only got to beat one guy. I'm, I'm going to go Tiger. I'm going to take Patrick Reed. Kyle, who will you take? Uh, I'm going to go Tiger because of, because of the value that you're getting. I think that Tiger, with the game he has right now, can finish in the top 20, just kind of willing himself around. And so it's more of a bet that Reed is just going to have a bad week and, uh, and finish like outside the top 25 or whatever. Um, so I'll, I'll take Tiger. And Tiger, what Kyle? He's like the second most talented player in uh, in our generation. So I, I give him a slight <laughs> edge over Reed. And he's shorter than Jordan Spieth too, off the tee. <laughs> also, we found we found Kyle's burner in the chat. Somebody came in and said Spieth is 184th versus Thomas 208 in carry distance this year. Like two starts, and that's KP's burner trying to cover for himself. <laughs> Expert picks, gentlemen. Start with the sleepers, Greg. You and I have the same sleeper. Have the stage. Tell everybody why. Jason Kokrak. Um, Rick, we talked about him a little bit yesterday as well. Jason Kokrak to me is one of the players when you get down into the sleeper category where he has something that nobody else has. I believe this week it's going to be extremely important. It's driving distance, uh, driving ability, TD Green ability. He is a great um, a, a great ball striker and extremely long off the tee. Uh, seventh, I believe, in driving distance last year. So to me, when you get down into this sleeper category, it gives Jason Kokrak has more uh, more pathways to win than than really anybody else down here in this uh, in this range. And to add to it, he's playing quite well with a win and a tied seventeenth in in his last two starts. He's also my sleeper, 100 to 1 on William Hill. Kyle, your sleeper. Oh, I like this. Who is it? Uh, real quick. So I went back. Uh... <laughs> he's, not, he's not giving this one up. Okay. No. <laughs> you, know, you know what happened? I realized what happened. I looked at it through, like, before the playoffs started, and Spieth was ahead slightly. So I forgot to go back and check. <laughs> you got you to gotta stop the count before the playoffs. Yeah, just just so we can have this on the record, I'll let you into some of the conversation last night um, when one of us was drinking water and the other one was drinking all of the wine. (laughs) That that is fake news. Justin Thomas will go to like a three-finger driver where he's down the grip like halfway. He tees the ball about this high off the ground and hits this low bleeding fade out there. That's not full speed. It's kind of the fairway finder, he calls it where Jordan Spieth is teeing the thing high and hitting it hard every single time. So if Jordan does happen to drive it past uh, JT, it's because JT is probably off speed at that, Cal. He's not throwing the gas on every single tee shot. I think that's a great point. That doesn't come through in the statistics. Doesn't. Um, Burned Wiesberger. <laughs> he's made all, I think he's played in four masters, made all four cuts. If you look at his last, I think I did it, set it to like six months. He's been really good from tee to green, like up there with guys like Hatton and Finau and uh, I think Westwood was maybe up there. He, he's been awesome from tee to green. I, I don't, you know, is he going to win the Masters? Probably not. But could he be somebody that kind of like, I think Justin Harding finished T12 last year. 
could he be somebody like that that's kind of in it on a Saturday or Sunday? I think so. I think he's I think he's a good player who nobody knows about, and I love him at two hundred to one. Mark, your sleeper, uh, past champion. Who is it? Two-time past champion. And I want to take odds with uh, with Greg saying that Kokrak has got something in the field that not very many other people have, and that's Tita Green ability. Well, my guy, we did a podcast. I can't remember when it was because my 50-year-old memory fails me a little bit. But we were talking about ball strikers. And Bubba Watson is one of the great ball strikers year in, year out in the PGA Tour. Oh, and he's playing pretty well right now. And he comes back to Augusta National where he can just tee this thing and let that hard slider of his go all day long. So I don't know if he's a sleeper. I don't know what his odds are, but he's not in the forefront of the conversation, and he should be. He's bubble what, What's his number, Rick? He's down to 28. I saw him at 33 and even 40 a week ago. So there's a lot of steam getting uh, on, on Bubs Watson uh, heading into Augusta. Bubs. <laughs> Bubs. <laughs> uh, who, who actually, I'll just, I'll just good segue here. He's my top 10 lock. Uh, I, I agree with you, Mark. He, he is hitting the ball well from tee to green. You told me a couple of weeks ago, defensive putters do well at Augusta National. I have parroted that about 15 times since then. So I'm going with Bubba Watson as my top 10 lock. Greg, you have a very interesting name that I would like to hear from you. Um, Justin Thomas. Yes. Um, no surprise here. So Justin Thomas to me again, I'll go back to this. And I may have to do a little bit of rearranging. I may, you know what, can I, I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to apologize and call an audible. I realized a mistake. Okay. So uh, I'm going to take Dustin Johnson for my top 10 lock. Dustin Johnson will finish inside the top 10 this week. He's playing better than anybody else. I don't have the confidence that he's going to cross the finish line and and win. It just, it seems to be such a a challenge for him yet. He always is in the, uh, in the conversation. So DJ will be in the conversation. Um, and uh, I think you have a pretty good idea of who my win is going to be. Um, but yeah, that's where I am. I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson. KP, he just called an audible to match your top 10 lock. <laughs> that's very, that's very Greg like move. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I, I, I realized that I picked Kepka over DJ in matchups yet. I had Dustin Johnson to win, <laughs> but that doesn't really make much sense. So I've, I had to correct myself. I've done that before where I had my winner getting beat in a matchup. I was like, wow, that's a tough look. Remember, (laughs) remember there's a belt for the matchup title and there's nothing really for this stuff. So it's more about the matchups than anything else. isn't it? Uh, I will also take DJ. He's finished top six, I think in his last six starts, he's finished top 10 in each of his last four starts at Augusta. It's, you know, I, I think for him, I think it is a par 68 or 69. Now, he's played – he's had years where he'll play the par fives and 13 under, and he'll play the rest of the course in one over and not win, but the result is a top 10. So I, I, I think that he's – to me, he's the safest bet for a top 10 this week. And, Mark, round out uh, our top 10s with yours, please. Rory, Rory McIlroy. I want him to win just for the Grand Slam thing. But, but, but Macro is, I mean, he's a lock for a top 10 around here. Okay. So picks to win, Greg, you love, you, you just follow my picks. So well, I followed, I, see, I followed, uh, <laughs> I followed Kyle's for top 10. I followed you for sleeper and I followed you for, for pick to win as well. All right. So pick, pick to win Justin Thomas for both you and I, Greg, I love yeah. the approach game. I love the way he plays around the green. He's getting better every single year at Augusta national. He yes. needs just, just roll the rock. Well, I mean, what have I missed? 
Well, he, he knows how to win too. And he, he seems to be, this is the one aspect that you missed. And by the way, I'll give myself a little defense. I did pick him on Monday morning um, on CBS sports network. So there just saying go. I've had him in the can for a while here. Really now, uh, <laughs> So the one aspect that we missed with Justin Thomas is he plays really well when he's angry. And I think he's a little bit upset about what happened uh, when Patrick Cantlay got the best of him um, at, at Sherwood. And I think Justin Thomas feels like that was his tournament. He's let a few get away this year, and I don't think he's going to get an, let another one get away. I think he's going to grit his teeth uh, and get the job done. Hey, Greg, uh, if, if I had Jordan Speed driving it past me on every hole, I'd be a little better as well when you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> this is never going to end. Mark will never let go of the one stat that I get wrong. <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, your pick to win is uh, who, please? My pick to win is Dustin Johnson. I've been beating this drum for a while. The guy's the best-ranked golfer in the world. He's the reigning FedEx Cup champion. He's playing great. Four consecutive top tens around here, and he finished second here last year. And it was all about Woods. But DJ had a shot to win this tournament, and, and he's just got so many weapons. I think it's inevitable. Uh, and so I'm going with DJ. All right. And finally, Kyle, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have the stage here because I think it is nice that you are bringing a name that we have barely spoken about on this podcast, which makes me a little bit nervous. Your pick to win is who? The birthday boy, the hole in one boy, Johnny Rom. <clears throat> a couple top tens last couple of years. He, I mean, you know, I, I think you talk about Justin Thomas ability to win. And I think that that is, I think that's, big when you've won a lot because I think you, you just get more you get more comfortable out in, out in front it's an uncomfortable spot I've seen that with Xander um, John Rahm's won a ton all over the world every every type of tournament except for a major and you know we talk about the no holes thing there's no holes I, I think that he's going to have I don't know it just feels like a special week for him so I said that for Wingfoot as well and he finished T27 so I'm a moron don't listen to me but I've got him winning the Masters. Hey, speaking of no holes, uh, Greg, leading into this, because we've done multiple pre-Masters podcasts, and you were high on Xander Shockley. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're going with Justin Thomas? What now? Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I think very highly of Xander. And there's so many players. This is where the, the challenge of this event and the greatness of this event right now is there are so many players at the top that are playing well. That belong. I mean, Bryson's not on that chart. We're going to put a cheat sheet out, and Bryson's not on it. Xander's not on it. Patrick Cantlay is not on it. And all of these guys have what it takes to win this week. So it's almost like there's a blind – Rick and I talk about this on uh, on Mondays sometimes when, when you're dealing with really low-end, real long-shot guys where everybody has a problem. Well, here everybody doesn't have a problem. And so it's hard to pick the winner. It's almost like you're throwing a blind dart at the top of this leaderboard. So the thing I'm going with is on a second shot golf course, I'm going with the best iron player in the world. And that's, I guess, my my one reason. There you go. All right, gentlemen, we'll go rapid fire the rest of the way here. We actually added first round leader pick this week. There's so many great options to get your dollars down. I went with Patrick Cantlay. I did a little bit of research and I said, oh, he's going out on number one on Thursday, Mark, which you told me that was the side you want to start on is the front side. I went with Patrick Cantlay. I think he continues the momentum going. And now I will ask you, Mark, for your first round leader. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I haven't picked one. Justin Rose. 
Greg. Brooks Kepka. KP. Bryson. One and done. Uh, Greg, I'll go right back to you here. I think you have some ground to make up, and now would certainly be the time to do it. Dustin Johnson. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> so Greg, Greg's doing the yeah. thing where like he's picking nine people, and so one of them's gonna hit, and, and we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. To, to that point, though, I did so I ranked the field one to ninety-two. Bottom twenty, easy. Top twenty, easy. Everybody else, I wanted to rank fifty-first. <laughs> Everybody was Andrew Landry, Andrew Putnam. I'm just like, I don't know, fifty-first. They're all fifty-first. You can find that on CBSSports.com. Kyle, your one and done lean as of this moment is it's going to be Rom, my winner. Yeah, I am probably going to. I'm. I'm actually. So I have JT to win. I'm considering Rory because JT will play like the Sony and be the only stud in it, and I can still get Rory this week. So that was my my thought process there. Um, Mark, your one and done lean. I'm with you. I'm saving Justin Thomas for Sony. Yeah, and I'm saving Rory McIlroy. You know me. I always save him to, for the Tour Championship. I'm I'm going with Dustin Johnson. Uh, And then best bets. There are a million options this week. It is literally, this is our Super Bowl, and there are Super Bowl-like options for wagering this week. Greg, you have a top 10, and this is a name we just brought up. Who is it? Xander Shoffley. Uh, Xander Shoffley, top 10. Uh, I had to get him in there some somewhere on here. I've got so many guys that I'm picking um, and I can't leave Xander out. He's been too good in majors. And as we say all the time, no holes in his game. No holes in his game. He is plus 151 and a half to one on your money. I'm going with a group bet, Greg. This is what you did last week, I think, or the week before. I'm going with Matthew Wolf to win group C on William Hill. He's five to one over DJ Cantlay, Woods, Spieth, and Fitzpatrick. I crossed off Woods. I crossed off Spieth. I crossed off Fitzpatrick. I said Matthew Wolf's got to beat two other guys at five to one. I think I'll take those chances. KP, your best bet of of the week it's also matthew will plus 320 to finish in the top 10 him and tiger have the same number to finish in the top 10 get out of here with that that's silly get out of here with that mark put a bow on our best bets for the week uh help me how many rookies are on the field uh quick glance about 28 20, 20 uh christian beside note low rookie i'm going with a south african boy 33 oh. to 1 I'm going with Bez as the low low rookie. The boy, the boy has got game. He's built out of the Ernie else kind of cloth. Watch, watch him this week. I love it when Mark makes up bets. This one actually is on there. I think (laughs) Mark, Mark (laughs) says a bet. Mark says a bet, and I have to go find a line for it. Usually, (laughs) usually it exists. Uh, This one, this one does exist. It's out there. Yeah, but that shows your talent, Rick. Because I do this to see that, and you, I also do it because I never really look at these things. Um, I'm sort of religious that way. Uh, love it. Uh, all right, gentlemen, that is the mega preview pod for the masters. We're going to be back tomorrow. Masters mailbag. Again, drop your questions in a five-star rating interview on iTunes. There will be a live stream on YouTube again. So make sure to join us youtube.com slash first cut podcast. You'll want to subscribe. You'll want to hit that little notification bell and let me thank the boys, Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the real GFD Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman, Kyle Porter, 
who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. I almost forgot, Kyle. I've said it so many times. It's almost slipped my brain there. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.